Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Without Context podcast. You are joined uh, here with our regular, uh, at this point, co-hosts of mine. Um, we've got Anxiety Lasagna and we've got Sharky Hat. Hello. And um, this is our 17th episode, which means we've been doing this for more than one month at this point. <laughs> and like, yes, we have been more than one month for a while. But saying it out loud is wild to me because uh, for a lot of content creation for me, I'm not speaking for you guys, but content creation for me is very difficult. Um, and I'll say just off before we get started into what we're talking about, like I have like six different videos of like different times I've like recorded myself drafting Magic the Gathering. I'm like, I'm not saying anything. This sucks. I'm not entertaining <laughs> by myself. <laughs> With an episode a week, we've actually been at this for four months. Mm-hmm. Shockingly. I was going to say, I was, when you said it, we've been doing this for more than a month, I'm sitting there like, haven't we been no, doing we, this since like August? We <laughs> definitely have. But me saying that out loud is me putting that into the ether that, yes, you've been, you are consistent at this. Keep going. It's like me and my channel is like post a three minute video four months after the last three minute video came out. <laughs> like, yeah. We'll get this down eventually. However, um, today we are talking about uh, difficulty in gaming in general. Um, there is a lot of discourse around it, I think, um, where it veers into like almost ableist territory, if you kind of go into a little bit of it. Um, but however you think about it, this should be an interesting conversation to have between the three of us who ostensibly play games that are maybe a little too hard. Um, but what we're going to start off with here is um, a game or two that you've played that you found very difficult. What was so difficult about it? And did you beat the game? And uh, I think we will start with Anxiety Design. Oh, geez. Okay. So um, is your episode. I think it, it, <laughs> it is my month. No, no, my month is over. It's December. No, but you, picked the, you still picked the episode. <laughs> well, I picked I? the episode. Oh, I think we had like a consensus oh, okay. too, on the episode. Whatever, whatever. I'm ready. I'm ready. I can talk. So I think, for me, two hard games that I've played, neither of them I finish. And I think they're difficult in different ways. Mm-hmm. First one is uh, Adventure of Link for the NES. Um, that one I feel was hard. Huh? Is that the side-scrolling one? Yep. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's the side-scrolling one with the really weird graphics. That was like a yeah. huge departure of what it looked like from the original one um that one was hard because after playing the original one with my grandmother who like beat that game eight ways to sunday she didn't know how to beat that game either and it's another one of those games where it just drops you in the world and just says go and i played it before the advent of the internet and before i knew about things like uh Game Informer or like whatever the Nintendo version of it was where you could like seek out game guides. So Nintendo me and my power. cousins would play Nintendo Power. I was like, Nintendo Insider didn't sound right, so I just <laughs> said Nintendo's version. I um, but I don't think I accomplished anything in that game because like I don't know if it did a good job even giving you a little bit of direction. And I feel like in a side, like the way that game was set up, I felt like you needed it. Um, but I was also really little and haven't tried playing it as an adult. Uh, another game that was hard in a completely different way was Donkey Kong 64. And I played that game as far as I could play it the summer after I graduated high school while I was healing from wisdom tooth extraction surgery. And had like a strategy guide up and was like doing pretty fine with the game. And then it's like, hey beat the original Donkey Kong in order to progress in the game. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. There was no other way to, like, make it through the game than to beat Donkey Kong, the original Donkey Kong. So I just gave up, and I've never picked up that game since. Um, Other games that function like that one, where I think you had to, like, collect bananas in order to, like, unlock other things, like uh, Mario 64 functioned similarly, where you had to collect stars. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie, where you collected, like, music notes to unlock doors. There were other avenues 
to get around where like if you got stuck on a level there was other levels you could go to whereas i i could be wrong but i i from what i remember like you had to beat the original donkey kong in order to progress in that game and i couldn't do it so i never got to beat it hmm. yeah my uh my memories of donkey kong 64 are short-lived too i'm i was i played it for a bit and it's just i can't remember why but yeah i was like this isn't the game for me <laughs> And it sucked that that's how it ended up. Not that, like, at the time, in order to play that game when I first got it back in, like, the early, late 90s, early 2000s, you had to get that, like, expansion thing to yeah. put into the N64 in order to play it. And then I could never, like, I didn't even end up getting to enjoy the game, even as an adult. I'm like, oh, so I had to buy extra hardware to play your game? And then you put this roadblock where if, like, if I'm garbage at the OG Donkey Kong, I just can't play your game? Okay, cool, thanks. My memories of Donkey Kong are the DK rap. Uh, a classic, an absolute classic, especially I think on TikTok uh, late 2019, there was a different version of it that went viral. It's like, and then there's Chunky. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I, uh, the only thing that really like sticks with me from Donkey Kong 64 is the uh, not funny didn't laugh <laughs> meme of him dancing <laughs> like that's the yeah. only thing that's the only thing in modern day that has like stuck with me from that game besides the dk rap because it pops up in like meme videos every now and then i played i would say i probably played between like 70 and 80 percent of that game which made the fact that i couldn't progress even more upsetting couldn't tell you a single thing that happened in that game besides like the treehouse that you start in there's like an alligator, I think it's like K King K Rules little bastion is shaped like his head. Mm -hmm. And I can't beat the original Donkey Kong in it, and I couldn't tell you a single other thing about the game. I think one of my favorite things uh was um the little the little girl one played the saxophone. And I was like, yo, I play the saxophone. Her name was like no, it couldn't have been Daisy. They already had a it Daisy was, uh... character. Donkey, Diddy, Dixie Kong. Dixie. I forget who the other. There's Chunky. Lanky and Chunky. Lanky and Chunky, and then uh. Who was the meathead one? Uh, that was Chunky. And then there's the old That's one. That's mean. But anyway, those were my hard games. Um, I think later on we'll talk about like difficulty sliders. I think we'll talk about it later because I have a couple of things I can talk about that, but I wanted to cover this question first before we move into that so All right, i pass it to shark my they're probably hard because i played them when i was younger but mine definitely are from nintendo and super nintendo mm -hmm. uh i would be remiss talking about the nintendo if i didn't talk about the ninja turtles game with the yep. underwater level that yep. you had to like swim pixel perfect past seaweed or it would like damage you and like all this other stuff and it's like a timed mission too so it's like extra stressful um SNES side scrolling in general are just their own and, their own thing yeah I, side scrolling NES games are brutal so isn't that the same is that the same generation as like the Lion King the game yes that okay. is I've, I've heard, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be talking about that one I heard I've heard tales I've heard legends I think Kristen had a hard time with that one too like I think that's one of the games that she has a, a hard time finishing mm -hmm. but uh still in the nintendo generation uh ninja gaiden was just brutally hard um yep. because i think if you went back for enough and it came back the enemies respawned so like you had to just keep pushing forward but well, it's kind of like, like link's awakening right kind of link's, link's awakening is derivative derivative of ninja gaiden <laughs> <laughs> Just like and, Hannah Montana uh, is derivative of Dune. Yeah. And I think uh, Ninja Gaiden might have come out after, but I'm not sure. It did. But, um, I, it did. I admit it. But then you have, like, the the game that's not difficult. Well, it is difficult. It has, like, a difficulty curve to it, but it's, like, insultingly abusive also. Is <laughs> uh, Ghost and Ghouls and Super Ghost and Ghouls. Uh -huh. Because it's, like, it's hard as shit to get through the game. And then when you beat the final boss, it was like, ha, it was an illusion. Play through the game again. Beat the last <laughs> boss again to get the real ending. What the heck? It 
is no, is a notorious thing. Just but punches it's like, you in the gut the entire it's, time. It's abusive because like you're just it's like punching you in the face to get to that last level, and then you get That's to that last so level mean. and it's like do it again. <laughs> so That's so mean. And um, um before we continue, can we can we pause for a sec? Because I have to run to the front room real quick. You got it. And come back. Sorry. We're back. Continue. So uh, so those are like the classic games. I mean, there's probably a ton more that I could go through. Uh, Mario the Lost Levels is like the hardest Mario <laughs> uh, <laughs> from the All-Stars pack where it's like, hey, look, here's all the here's like Mario 1.5. There's all levels that got cut, and it's like these are like abusively hard. <laughs> There's invisible blocks everywhere. Like, oh, you're jumping. Oh, you're falling. And then like uh, just more modern uh, things, which I guess we're gonna cover. Games like Dark Souls are just hard for me to play. Mostly not because of the mechanics or the game itself. I mean, it is a game designed for a certain kind of player, but like mm-hmm. me trying to play it is just like it's just difficult because. It's like, oh, I'm just dying to, like, one-hit things. Yep. And all that, this other stuff. That is how I feel. Like, I don't play it, but my fiancé got Metroid Dread when it came out, like, the day it came out. And watching him play that game is so frustrating. Like, I, I've asked him numerous times, I'm like, are you having fun? Because I'm getting pissed off for you. Because that game sort of demands that you just keep throwing yourself at something until you figure it out. And, like, you'll figure out one thing, and then it throws a second thing. So then you die and have to get through the first thing to try and figure out the second thing. And he'll be playing against the same boss for, like, an hour and a half. And I'm like, I would have rage quit by now. Like, that doesn't seem fun to me. It seems like it's too hard. And he's like, that's Metroid games. Like, I like having to figure it out slowly and methodically over time. And I'm like... I can't. That's not for me. Your fiance put it into words for me. That's a Metroid game, baby. Even the older ones. (laughs) Nintendo was like, formula, and we ain't going to change it. We're going back to the 80s and 90s in difficulty. When we got our Switch, when we first got our Switch, that was like the first game, like when he realized you could get like NES and SNES games. I guess it's SNES for Metroid. Mm -hmm. And he got that original Metroid and I would just be sitting there like doing stuff around the house and hear the stupid like like the, all the sounds <laughs> from that game. I'm like, if I have to hear you get another item in Metroid, like I'm leaving. <laughs> I need to go for a drive. Um, but yeah, he's he's still playing that game. Like he's like, I gotta see how fast I can get it done or like how this or that he can do. So like obviously he finds it fun and like players find that experience fun, but that would seem too hard and terrible for a gamer like me. Yeah, I was uh, playing through, and more recent, more recently, I've been playing Souls-like games, games that have the same kind of difficulty curve to them. Uh, Remnant, and I was playing The Surge, which are like kind of modern fantasy and a sci-fi style of Dark Souls, mm-hmm. and it's like. I feel like compared to actual Dark Souls, they're far more forgiving in terms of like the difficulty curve. Because like, I don't know, it's just something about Dark Souls games. I just have a hard time playing them, even when I'm like trying to play. And it's like, all right, I'm going to not take this fast. I'm going to go nice and slow, you know, all this other stuff. But something about them just keeps like punching me in the dick every time I try to play them. And I'm like, I I can't play this game. (laughs) I feel like it takes a certain type of masochist to play a Dark Souls game. Yeah. Uh, my friends, when my uh, old roommate and I played and recorded it, it was like 50-something episodes, and like he was playing through it in like half-hour segments. Okay. But I was just like, episodes would be like multiple episodes for a boss, multiple episodes getting through an area. Just... I was like, God, you have to have like the mindset to play this game balls of steel yeah but uh wow. yeah that's uh mine uh mostly the classics because they just don't make them like they used to so. we're not even taking it as boomers it's just legitimately true we'll get into that like in a little bit um 
but mine is um, a side scroller or one of one of two different side scrollers from back when Disney almost exclusively made like every time a Disney movie came out, there was a there was a port for it and it was a side scroller and they were like almost like reskins of the last game. Yeah. So one of them I bring up is the Jungle Book. Um because that one, there's if you're trying to 100% that game, you're going to have a hard time. <laughs> you want to get all the little, little doodads and knickknacks and little like bananas or whatever the hell. You're going to have a hard time unless you already know where to go, where to jump up, where to like step on this one thing to jump to the next platform. Um, but uh, the other one that I, I, I don't remember beating it, um, but another game that that, that uh, flying in front of you. Yep. Uh, but another game that I I that we touched on is The Lion King. Um, just famously extremely difficult, and the side scrollers like people may play side scrollers nowadays, but side scrollers back then when you get, when you get to like here and you go forward, if you try to go back, that's a wall. You're not going back. That once the camera moves, you're done. You're stuck here commit um and i remember particularly there's parts in the lion king where you would jump onto a platform and you'd have to jump up and over where the camera is to get somewhere else yeah um, it was a it was a brutal game for children yeah so kids play this kids kids played that regularly good lord yeah, it's a it different was, um, time different time I, do, do you feel like since you all are much more avid gamers than me and like this is something that i started to i not identify just sort of notice or observe do you feel like those older games feel harder because we were younger when we were playing them or because video like the developers were still trying to figure out what worked well for a game it is a little bit of half and half uh as a kid and without like access to the internet like we have now most of the time you just don't know what to do so you're just kind of going around trying to figure stuff out um it was also back then they were trying to figure out gameplay and like new mechanics and just new styles of things uh but i think they also had to have a more challenging difficulty curve to them because that was just the game so you needed to get your time out of it you know, it's like, hey, if we make this game too easy, you know, it's not going to be like worth the money that somebody pays for it. And like we looking back, value. yeah, even like now, like looking back on thinking back on prices when I was picking up like Super Nintendo games in like an EB games and everything, I think they were like 50, 60 bucks for like a Super yeah. Nintendo game in like, the mid 90s. So. That was a lot of money for the 90s. Good lord. Yeah, it was. Yeah, so it's like... it's So it's like, if I'm paying like 50 bucks for this game, I don't want it to be too easy where I finish it in an afternoon. And that's why you think like back to your childhoods, there were games that you played every weekend trying to beat because you just either ran out of lives and had to do it over again, there was like no way to save, so you just had to play through it, and it's just that natural that natural difficulty to kind of get a uh the illusion of you know your time is going into the game get that good dopamine hit but then you have the games wow. that were just trying to figure stuff out and they just could not like make mechanics at all and it was just confusing as shit to try to try to play them. um there was there was one game that I, I i didn't talk about but i got this game for my fifth birthday um Mega Man X. Yes. Um, not difficult on its own when you're playing through the regular levels. Like the bosses make sense. You you can experiment with the different power ups that Meg, that X has to beat the bosses faster. Because um, so certain ones are weak against other ones, yeah, and that's it's cool. A, it's a weird like rock paper scissors style. Like beat this boss first, and then it's like now you're optimized to beat this boss, and then when you get his weapon, go to this boss because his weapon's good against that boss. Yeah. So it's just about finding that level that's the easiest. Yeah, but what they don't tell you is that one of those weapons that you picked up is is uh, strong against the final boss towards the end, and I didn't know that. 
and I beat my head against that final boss for six years and then never played it again. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> Do we want to talk about difficulty sliders? Yeah. Uh, so uh, before we get to that, uh, I think, and uh, I think there are like, I've broken difficulty down into three different categories, and you guys can tell me if you agree or disagree with these. Um, so the first category is the is the get good that uh, many of us have uh, figured out that games are just it's just going to hit you. It's going to knock you the hell out every time, like Hello, Metroid, Metroid Dread, <laughs> Metroid Dread <laughs> Dark Souls, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like yeah. all of these different um. games. Yeah, uh, soul to me in that category, souls and souls like and roguelike games, and yes. Metroidvania, Metroidvania to a uh, degree. Metroidvania. Also, it's those games are made for a specific type of player, and the average player is not going to experience it the same way as them. They're going to probably be more frustrated than the people who know what they're getting into, who mm. love to get into those kind of games, and all I mean, that. Have you played an Etrian Odyssey game before, Sharky? Uh, no, but I've heard of them. Yeah, it's a, it's just a first-person RPG. There's no map. There's no nothing. It's you grinding until you get to the next level, and you're probably going to die to the next level anyway, no matter how hard you grinded. Yeah. Um, that's, that's that category. Um, just punches you in the gut for 12 hours. You're like, all right, cool. Can't wait to hit this again tomorrow. <laughs> um... Uh, the next category is um, their games that have difficulty sliders, but also they many of them have like perks for completing it at the highest difficulty, be it like an achievement or like um, you get like uh, different items uh, for completing it at the highest difficulty. Or um, my personal least favorite, uh, the the canon ending. Yeah. For if you beat it at the highest difficulty, like what was it like Silent Hill? I think. We're looking at you, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> did you see? Did you see? I just sat there. I was just like, "Yep." So mm. games, uh, some games like this is like uh, Resident Evil Four, Painkiller, Halo Combat Evolved, the Nier series in general, uh, and yes, uh, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, uh, I saw Haley's light flash before her eyes. I had to grind hours to get all the stupid like crafting mm -hmm. to be able to get some secret thing that ultimately didn't matter because i don't think they had a difficulty mode on the original release they added a difficulty slider when they did the final remix where they added proud mode um but in the original you just had to 100 percent that bitch in order to get a secret <laughs> thing and that was the worst. <laughs> the worst. A game so, yeah. that does uh, a game that does that style uh, well for me is the Fire Emblem series, where mm -hmm. you can play it the more forgiving way, where it's like, hey, if my character dies, they're just fainted until the battle's over, and then I can use them again. But then mm -hmm. you have the classic setting where if your that character dies, that character is gone for the rest of the game. You can't ship them with nobody; they're dead. Yeah. So. They have a good balance there, where it's like, if you want that classic challenge, you can do it. But if you just want to play Fire Emblem for the tactics dating simulator that it is, you can just be like, <laughs> yeah, what's the uh, dating oh, God, simulator? We're going to have to talk about was, Fire Emblem off camera. So, no, well, I'll just sum it up. My there's a thing that was shared in, I think, another Discord server. It's uh, the people designing Fire Emblem thought that it wasn't a how can we make this enjoyable tactics RPG? It's how can we make chess make you horny? <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. And oh my god, what? <laughs> the thing about Fire Emblem, just a quick rundown, because I think we should do a Fire Emblem series with like a proper guest who like loves the series and stuff. Um, it's there's three weapon types, and it's like rock paper scissors. This one's better than this one. This one's better than this one. This one's better than this one. But the whole like other aspect of the game is to put couples together to increase their abilities so it's just like it's horny chess oh my god and I gotta play horny and chess. They get cute little cutscenes yeah oh my god Haley's crack cocaine the only reason Haley wants to play dragon age inquisition <laughs> but uh 
so that's a game that does that like balance well you can have mm-hmm. it the unforgiving way or you can have it the more relaxed way and it's like oh i lost the battle let's just go back into it whereas like if you lose everybody it's like game over bitch <laughs> start over yeah. the so, original nuzlocke challenge it is the original nuzlocke challenge so i've got one more um sure. it is the games that are generally like mild in difficulty like you can get through it even if it doesn't have a difficulty slider it's pretty easy easy but like it's a challenge except for this one section in the game that may or may not be required to the game but it is the uh, most difficult part of this game intentionally so uh games like this you touch it on fire emblem sacred stones does this um on the gba at least so they have that one tower that just kicks you in the dick yeah um uh parasite eve does this uh when you beat the game you get new game plus and you can go up the chrysler tower uh Uh-oh. showing its age uh yes destiny can did this I? to me last night uh, <laughs> there's a dungeon that just dropped and it's like everything about it everything about the mechanics in each of the encounter is easy it centers around like one mechanic just different ways but then there's this one part where it's like this mine's about to go off you have seven seconds to race across the map and it's like you're trying to do that but they don't tell you that there are things that you can collect to extend the timer so it's me and three two other just idiots just like banging our head against the wall trying to like outrace these bombs and i'm like this is such a shift from what this whole dungeon was <laughs> like can i yes, add a subcategory yeah. to this one is the game that has a pretty steady if like a difficulty sort of like a curve like where it starts off like scales with you with difficulty but then they add in something to make it seem harder than it actually is um like in twilight princess when you have to do that stupid escort mission where your the carriage is on fire or in kingdom hearts when you have to do those challenges that are timed and you have to like collect a certain number of orbs i think it's kingdom hearts 2 where you have like bs escort missions or like morale boost missions that don't do anything for the game they're just there to make it seem like something challenging is happening to you because those things are my least favorite things like never finish twilight princess because that stupid escort mission i couldn't figure out how to do it and you can't get around it and no matter how many times i threw myself at it i'm like i must be missing something and then i just never never completed it because i was like this is stupid we didn't need to have this all they're doing is bringing the sick girl from point a to point b you didn't have to make it this stupid. The game would have been fine without it. Um, another like. another example in the Zelda series is the infamous Water Temple from Ocarina of Time. I was yeah. going to say the Water Temple gets a lot of uh, I press for that. I, when I used to play, when I played it, I didn't think it was super difficult. I thought like I think it's the Shadow Temple was much more challenging. Um, but that could just be me looking back at it when I played it. 20 years ago so who knows um those, yes i have things to talk about with difficulty sliders of course loop back. so i feel as someone who's more of a casual gamer the difficulty slider is my favorite aspect of gaming so i can play games like skyrim and fallout halo is the other one i remember having a difficulty slider where I can like flexibly change it as I'm playing is super awesome. So like if there's a, like specifically in Halo 3, when I was first learning how to play like an FPS game, I was doing it at like the middle ground, like one or two steps above, like, oh, you can punch an elite in the face and it dies versus like you can make eye contact with an elite and you die. But there was one mission I couldn't get past at that difficulty setting, so I was able to drop down, beat that mission on a lower difficulty level, bump back up to where I was, and finish the game fine. There was just, like, one spot that I was stuck on. And since I could change that difficulty, I was still able to enjoy the game. And, like, sure, the guys I hung out with were like, oh, you had to bump down to novice for that one? That's super lame. I'm like, shut up. I'm still getting to play this game. And, like, with Skyrim... My fiance really enjoys like playing it at like the legendary level where like you can get hit by like one shotted by like half the stuff that I just sit there and I'm like, you're dead. Cause he enjoys having that sort of like, let me smash my face against something until I break it. 
And I sort of like the more immersive, like I'm sneaking through, I'm doing this, like I don't want to die as often in that game. Mm -hmm. So I think having that slider allows for more diverse gaming styles to enjoy a game, and I really appreciate that. And then there's other games where I feel they would be benefited from having a difficulty setting where they don't have it, like Pokemon in more recent years, there's been a lot of calls to add difficulty settings to Pokemon because like, obviously that game is for children and a lot of us have been playing it since we were children. So over 20 years of playing the same game, you know the type advantages, you can exploit that system really fast. So if there was like a difficulty setting, maybe that would improve it, but I'm not sure. Um, and then in my simulation games, those aren't like hard. But in order to make it more enjoyable, people like make up challenges, which like Pokemon does that with the Nuzlocke challenge. Yeah. So we've, the communities have been able to come up with creative ways to add challenge to games that might not necessarily have it, is what I was getting at. But I like difficulty sliders because I'm bad at video games and I can still enjoy them even though I'm bad. I think good. I think they're I think they're a fantastic addition um to gaming. Um I think there are people who just it's it's either by you know for one reason or another just don't have uh properly functioning hands for whatever reason like this helps them out with that um just going into like physical disabilities and you know maybe maybe even uh you know mental health issues like you just cannot go into uh, a game the same way as maybe one of us can um but even outside of that it's just, it's cool like you're saying uh before we started recording um i went i was playing persona 5 um my favorite game that i haven't been able to beat um and i just i've just been like kicking it with that game just like i have it just on the i i usually play games on normal difficulty um because i feel like i'm adaptable enough that i can play this game and i'll figure it out as i go along and i won't die or lose too much because of it but there are excuse me um there are like a casual setting for the game and there's for the, for that game and then there's like uh ooh, excuse me um there's uh it's a pizza yeah <laughs> uh, it's the and then there is a uh there is like the the hardest difficulty that you can play which i don't remember what it's called um another game that i've played that has a, a an interesting difficulty slider is uh called days gone for the ps5 um it's basically if you took sons of anarchy and you took uh, The Walking Dead and just smushed them together, just like the biggest AMC jerk-off ever. <laughs> um, and um, that's literally the premise of the game. Wasn't it just wasn't um, Son of Anarchy Fox? <laughs> huh? Wasn't Sons of Anarchy's yeah, Fox? Sons of Anarchy was FX. <laughs> I don't know these things. I don't watch TV. <laughs> it anyway. sounded like somebody who didn't watch TV. <laughs> They're probably both owned by Fox. Let's be real. Anyway, I think, I think um, FX is owned by Disney now. <laughs> oh no. So that difficulty, the difficulty for that game, there's a, there's the easy, there's normal, there's hard, there's hard two, there's survival, and there's survival two. I haven't thought to look at what those other two, the twos mean to those difficulties, but I, I thought that was an interesting thing, and that's truthfully what inspired this uh, conversation to begin with. Um, because I play, like I said, I play my games on normal, um, cause, uh, yeah, uh, but there's a hard two, which, uh, is just weird for the innuendo anyway. And then there's, uh, survival two. And I'm just like, those are weird. I, I might, I might look at the, into those at some point. Yeah. And, uh, I think a lot of open world games, uh, a lot of like survival games have that kind of setting where it's like, Hey, you can play it as the intended like survival game like minecraft you can have it as normal like minecraft with like you have to eat you have to do all your stuff but then you can also just have the like free room and you don't have to worry about uh, a lot of stuff you can just like play the game as you want to play it uh a lot of old first person shooters uh did multiple difficulty settings like you had doom you had the uh like normal mode and then you had like ultra violence being like the like hardest one and Back in those days, it was just like, here's more things thrown at you, and things can soak hits a little bit better. Uh, I, I think, think it's, 
I was gonna say it's much easier to like uh, do that with a uh, either like a first person shooter or like an open world type of game because yeah. truthfully, what you're doing is like adding HP to the monster, essentially, or adding I, more monsters. I think that's what like new game for like Dark Souls does. It just adds more hit points and like other stuff to creatures and all that. Um, I think more recent. Uh, games with good difficulty sliders are probably, if I remember correctly, the Resident Evil games. I think starting with starting had a, or the older ones even had like normal and then hard mode, which was uh, like I think, it, I think that started with four. Yeah, I know. I think some of them might have uh, put it on like the remasters and stuff, but it's like, hey, you can play it normal with like your evened out item distribution, or you can do hard where you have less. And you have to like start learning how to not shoot everything that you come across. Uh, mm -hmm. Halo, uh, the Halo franchise, you had normal, you had the legendary uh, mode to like play through, which was like two shots, you're done. So yep. there were also like Weenie Hunt Junior modes, in, yeah. yes. at least in Halo Three, because that's where I existed. Was in I, not stupid Weenie Hunt Juniors, but definitely Weenie Hunt Junior. Those in combat I, evolved. Yeah, I always try to play the base uh, difficulty, at least for the first run, because I know if I go higher than that, I know what to expect. If I need to turn it lower, I can. Um, I think that some games shouldn't have one. I think like if you're designing a game that it is for this type of player, for this audience, you know, and we don't care if a mass audience plays it then those kind of games are fine but i think if it's a game that's going to be like wide release call of duty halo pokemon and in some cases like with pokemon you're right if like some kids are playing or if they make like another kid-centric game maybe you should have a variable slider for how hard it is because you're not going to have teenagers or like preteens play it. you're going to have like little kids also play it and you know if they're not playing it and not enjoying it then you know, what's the point of making it if it's for that audience and they just don't enjoy the game because they can't play it. But then I think again, it's interesting. Kids, kids these days are also like doing 90s and Fortnite, so I have no idea what kids think about in games anymore. Yeah. Like the kids play Fortnite like machines now. So I, I think it's interesting that um, we bring up Pokemon because I actually think Pokemon has gotten like more and more challenging uh, with the different combinations of like different typings as they've added more monsters over the years. But at the same token, uh, what they have also done is when when you have encountered a monster and say you've caught it, uh, from then on, if if you encounter that monster again in the wild or in a gym battle or whatever, it tells you just straight up which one of your moves is super effective or not very effective when yeah. you when you tap on it. I it just straight up tells you. I think it's difficult in an RPG setting to have variable difficulties. I think the RPG genre is where you start having that difficulty of, can I make this game harder with the base game? Can I make this game easier without, you know, sacrificing the gameplay behind it? Because uh, I can't think of an RPG, aside from maybe Kingdom Hearts in recent memory, that has a like base or hard mode maybe near does i didn't get around to playing near near does near does okay so yeah they've started implementing it but i think with more like classic rpgs it probably would have just been more more difficult in a harder mode or too easy in like a normal uh mode so the, so the thing is with with many of them uh they have they're also like we were talking about open world games where yeah. like final fantasy 15 had a difficulty slider um, but the trick is you're just adding more HP to the monsters. It's not like it's not a huge deal once you you actually get down to it. Um, and Kingdom Hearts, yes, that that I mean, I'm 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 almost certain that's effectively what they do is just adding more HP to the monsters. Yeah, I I think this would make an interesting like point one for us to do at some point. Like, how would you add a difficulty slider to Pokemon? Because like. If you just make it so, like, instead of going to your first gym and they're, like, level 10s, you made them, like, level 20s or level 30s, all that that's still just going to make it so that you just grind harder. 
Yeah. And then that's what you're already doing. So like I think that'd be a fun thing for us to maybe do as a point one sometime is theorize what a level like difficulty level Pokemon would look like. Hmm. I I I actually believe that Pokemon has a difficulty slider. It just depends on which which starter you pick. That's yeah. true, especially in the original yeah. one. It, you had hard mode if you picked, what was it, Charmander? If, if you picked Charmander, you were going into hard mode. If you picked Bulbasaur, you were on baby mode. And if you picked Squirtle, because the first two gyms, Brock and Misty, are both weak against grass. So Bulbasaur I'm would sorry. carry you for the first two gyms. I Squirtle will say, got you one half of the first two, and Charmander would have a hard time. <laughs> Bulbasaur was my favorite of the original three starters purely because one time I was at a GameStop and they had a whole bin full of the original starters and it was all Pikachus and Charmanders and Squirtles and there was one sad Bulbasaur and he is in my closet to this day and I was like, you know what? You'll be my favorite, Mr. Bulbasaur and Mr. Bulbasaur lives here now. But see, it brings up a point. It's like if you want to play Pokemon... And you start picking Squirtle. You start by picking Squirtle because you're like, "Oh, I love Squirtle. I like this turtle guy." You can get through the first gym, no problem. But depending on what you catch, you get to Misty, and it's just an even playing field. Unless you would know that in a patch on Viridian Forest, you can find a Pikachu. So you have an Electric type against the Water type now. But yeah. it's just like you wouldn't know that, like growing up. So it's like Bulbasaur would be like, "I can pass the first two gyms." I can catch a Geodude in the cave, and I'm, then I'm good against Lieutenant Surge. So. so so not only are you, like, strong against the first two gyms, but also you're, you're like, strong neutral. against Lieutenant Surge, and then neutral. you're neutral against Erica. Yeah. Let's make this a point one sometime. I, sure I just want to talk about, I just want to talk about Pokemon. You know, I just want to talk about Pokemon for an episode. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, how about point one, we talk about leveling Pokemon. Next week we talk about Pokemon. Oh, since I'm going, you heard going out of town and we need to record two episodes anyway. You heard it. You heard it. You heard it here first, folks. Heard we're going to do Pokemon. We're going to talk about Pokemon, and then we're going to do the bonus episode with the Pokemon leveling up and combine the two of them. Perfect. We're just going to do that all in three hours. Let's go. Let's anyway. go. Uh, anyways, um, um, sure. Uh, difficulty sliders. Um, how is there? Is there like? a an upper limit for you guys of like this is bordering on um uh i i want to say like ableism up here if you if a game is like doesn't have the uh accessibility options um like a difficulty slider or other things with me i think that a difficulty slider and accessibility are kind of two different things Um, i agree there are peripherals made for people with dis- with disabilities. Uh, Microsoft, I think, with the Xbox One uh, series, started putting out like peripheral controllers for people with certain motor function disabilities. Yes. And you- even nowadays, you can find like streams of I don't know the technical term of it, but people who can like blow into the tube to control their characters and all mm-hmm. that. You see people playing games perfectly fine all the time and they're enjoying it it's just giving them the ability to do so i think more games need to have accessibility options to get people to play rather than focusing on the difficulty of it because the difficulty is irrelevant if that person can't play the game um the professional player uh brawly legs plays a street fighter um with a physical disability and it's pretty cool to watch him like hit like the upper echelons of Street Fighter. Yeah. Um, as he is. Yeah, so. I would say with when it comes to accessibility for uh, disabled or differently abled gamers, it's I feel it's less about the actual game, like the like Pokemon specifically can't like I don't feel like Pokemon needs to add something to make Pokemon more accessible. Nintendo needs to make their console more accessible. Microsoft needs to make their console. Yeah. Sony, whomever else is doing PCs or whatever. So I think it needs to happen at that level, and then it'll trickle down. Which I hate that. I hate trickle down anything. I hate that phrase. <laughs> uh, well, 
Say you're a millennial but, without saying you're a millennial. <laughs> um, anyway. But if we, if we start with making the tools accessible, then I think difficulty will follow. But then you could also argue that, like, if you make difficulty sliders or that are, which I wouldn't know as someone who doesn't have any outward disability, I wouldn't know what they'd need. So it'd be best to ask them what they felt. Yes, that would probably be but, better suited for. <laughs> yeah, but just from a completely uninformed outside perspective, I don't I think... see it. But that could be an interesting question to post to our audience. If there's any I, of those who want to share. I think games just right now are just too complicated in terms of controls also. Because it's like you think going from Nintendo, you had this and you had two of these, sometimes four. Or in Sega, sometimes six because they were weird. But now it's like I have these four buttons on top too to do all these other things. And sometimes I have to hold one of these and press another button to do another and thing. And if you're on the Switch, motion control. Motion, I just think the like shrines in Breath of the Wild. And that's why I think accessibility and the tools to let people play are just as important right now because some games require a have a lot of controls in them. But you have to also make it so the people who have to use these unique devices to play the game have the ability to do so. And at that point, I feel difficulty just evens itself out. If they're having a hard time, they'll adjust it. If they want a more challenge, they'll up it i don't think there's a mandate that requires difficulty sliders but i do think that we should push for um accessibility and inclusivity in things at least to a, a better degree than we've been doing and make it affordable and make it affordable That's a whole other can of words but yes i'm affordability actually to... accessibility. i'm actually going to look that up here. Apparently, um, five games like seventy bucks right now. Huh? I'm, I'm gonna look up to see uh, like seventy bucks. So, here's what it is. Xbox did: the adaptive controller, mm-hmm. and it's something that has like a bunch of. It's like a game. It looks like a two touchpad thing with a bunch of plugs in the back, and you can plug in a different style of controller for each of those buttons. So let's say I can't move this hand well. I can put in like a push button for the B button and stuff like that. It's something that it, you can like mix and match the controls going into this thing. And at base, this thing is a hundred bucks. Like, I still yeah, that's like probably a regular like controller. Sixty. Yeah, that's that's some that's some that's some ish right there, my guy. Yeah. But Bill. I think also it's Bill Bill Gates. But see, that's I th- some shit right there, Bill. I think also like that's just that controller. I'm not sure like if you can actually get. I'm trying to see like if it comes with everything, or else if you have to buy the rest of it. Also, it's like a KitchenAid stand mixer where, like, it comes with some stuff, but if you want to do everything, you have to buy all the different attachments. Yep. Yeah, you have to buy the different attachments for this. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. A lot of these things are, like, 60 bucks or higher. So... Isn't it, like, Phil Spencer or whatever his name is, the guy in charge of, like, the Xbox? So there's a base... There's a basic... There's a basic kit for it. Uh, that looks like it's a hundred bucks. I think it comes with basic buttons and the adaptive controller. But then you have all these other options for people who might have like harder motor functions, and it's like a button. It's just like a big red button that can be pressed, and it's sixty five dollars. So it's like I, I want to hear what Alias say here real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I need you to Google me something, Shrekey. You got I need it. you to Google me the price of the Staples Easy button. Staples like Easy the, button. That was like easy. Five bucks? Uh, ten bucks. Ten bucks? Why is your fancy red button Microsoft $60 when you can get 
essentially the same thing at Staples for $10. Bill, I know you just had a divorce. I'm sure it was pricey, but come on. So get it together, Bill. So right here, it looks like there's a, uh, something called a quad stick. It looks like it's one of the like breathe tube. Uh, controllers where it's like you can blow into it to do one thing suck to do another thing it's just it's an attachment piece it's 500 bucks what the fuck so it's like this is not accessible that's the thing like this you're saying that these are accessibility options but these are not accessible prices so i have some unique insights into this because uh my my older brother has cerebral palsy and he is differently abled um we there has been in this room there are all sorts of like like apparatuses that we've tried over the years to like try to get him to stand or walk on his own unfortunately he has overly sensitive nerves so it's just never going to happen but um like all of those things that are there like there's this weird thing that he would sit on like this or he would stand up like this and he would he would like rest there and uh they would try to like stretch him out a little bit um, all of those are paid for by Medicaid. Uh, Medicaid paid for his wheelchair. They paid for his, uh, like, all of these little devices. Um, the G-tube that's in him. Like, uh, the, the tubes that we get regularly. The formula, the wipes, everything. This isn't going to be covered by Medicaid because it's, 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 it's not a medical device. Mm-hmm. It's non-essential. This is bullshit. Because this is how much these, these chairs and stuff would cost people if they yeah. weren't covered by Medicaid. And then there's another one that's just like a grasp switch, which is just like a squeeze, like peripheral to like click a button, and that's two hundred bucks. So it's just like you're not making it easier for people to play your game. You're just putting it behind a paywall, and that's some it's EA just, shit. To looking at that to get a decent controller set up, if you have somebody who has no motor functions aside from you know upper body. Uh, the breathe tube, the adaptive thing, anything else they might need is going to run you $700, which is more than a system. Yep. So. I would argue that in our constitution, since that's something that Americans tend to care a whole lot about, uh, not even the constitution, it was in our Declaration of Independence where we are guaranteed uh, the uh, right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I say accessible gaming is the pursuit of happiness and should, I don't know, there was some kind of joke that I had and then I just lost it. <laughs> no. I'm so, hey, I'm so angry at, at, I'm so angry about the cost of these things and how cost, cost prohibitive it is that I don't have a joke. I'm just pissed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's, but. it's really good for like the people who, uh, run the xbox or microsoft or whatever to pat themselves on the back and be like we have accessibility options they're not 700 dollars at all yes they are fuck you yeah. it's like it's just stuff like that like i don't think we can really start talking about like a difficulty curve uh because it's only going to be for unfortunately like a majority of the audience but you can't get the full audience and like how they're going to experience the games uh, either easier or harder than they should be unless you let them play the game. And I think that's something that probably needs to come first because this episode's about like difficulty in game, but it's I think it's more the difficulty, you know, getting to play is mm-hmm. something that's way more important to me than a video game difficulty. That's fair. I do know off the top of my head, which I learned through um sims youtuber slash live streamer lil simsy she did a pretty long um i think halloween centric charity live stream across the twitch platform for a nonprofit called able gamers i'm not super familiar with their work but i have their website up now where they um combat uh social isolation through play they create opportunities to enable play in order to combat social isolation isolation foster inclusive communities and improve the quality of life for people with disabilities. And that includes video game stuff. I'm not sure what like the scope of their work is, but I can send Sharky a link to put in the 
uh, description yeah. of this video if you want to learn more, because I feel like, uh, hi, I have a I have a master's degree in public administration. Uh, when <laughs> there is uh, government failure and private sector failure. So in this case, the private sector failure is the fact that these devices cost $700 just for someone to be able to play video games. And the government failure is there's no sort of stipend or way to make that more affordable. The third sector, the nonprofit sector, comes in to help create solutions for community needs. So I'll hopefully, uh, I'll put the link in our Discord right now, Sharky, so you can include it. But I think yeah, I'll add that is the, one uh, opportunity or a group that's doing work in that sector. There's something hopefully to be are getting done. There's something to be said about using a an uh an npo because you're the top the your 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 i'm not gonna say your government but your the your government's failed you for other reasons but uh your system fail, fails you because you cannot play it um and then your government doesn't help to make it more affordable um so you have to rely on an npo and that's pretty shitty in my in welcome my to how most of america functions which is oh, a different topic for a different day but i could talk about that for a long time because i have a whole degree in it with a specialization in nonprofit administration mm-hmm. we have so one educated person talk about them <laughs> we have one ed- educated person in this group <laughs> but yeah i i could talk for decades about why i feel uh nonprofit organizations are the future of governance and uh community assistance and action but that is not the topic for this week's podcast <laughs> we're scratching on a little bit though um mm-hmm. but i think i think we've kind of touched on everything at least i wanted to touch on if you guys have anything else you want to talk about no that's uh, nah. pretty much it like i like i said i'm things like i feel like a lot of games should include them uh some of the more niche styles of games don't want to have to because uh, they're going to get their audience regardless and mm. that's all they want they just want their audience to keep buying what happened you good did you flip your yeah. desk no i had my my desk light which i use for lighting <laughs> precariously perched behind <laughs> my second monitor and it fell that's fair good job oh. context. <laughs> i also think uh there it goes again. <laughs> well, we're almost done. So, uh, but yeah, so difficulty sliders are to me aren't as important as accessibility, which is its own kind of difficulty in the world of gaming. Well, so well from there, uh, I guess we'll we'll wrap the show for now. Um, yep. If you guys have your own opinions on difficulty, put them in the comments. Um, uh, as always, I'm I'm keen to talk to people about things as long as you come correct about things um and i'm sure my co-hosts are as well um except for maybe sharky who's leaving after this yeah so <laughs> yeah so i'm going to be out of town so mm. depending on how we can get our recording schedule done uh the weekend or the friday before new year's might not have an episode um, if it looks like that's going to be the case, then we'll do something else. But just heads up, I am going out of town and I am the editor. So Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. That's for like we can take a holiday break. 20-ish days from now. Holiday breaks uh, are normal. That would be this week is 17, next week 18, 19. That would be like the 20th episode. That would be the 20th episode. So that'd be appropriate for the New Year's. Yeah. So we'll we'll um, figure it out though. We have a few weeks to re-record. And yeah. hopefully nothing gets dated by the time it comes out. <laughs> so but uh Milkshake. Yeah, I guess that will conclude uh, today's episode. So, yeah. You want to take us out? Check out our links in our right. description box. Check out the links. Yeah. Uh Check out everybody. Check out Charlie and Alvin's uh, stuff. They haven't been here with us recently, but they do. Uh, I know Alvin does live stream uh, once in a while, so definitely check him out. Alvin, and, Alvin um, live streams, and Charlie does a lot of like nonprofit stuff, and we love that for him. Yeah, and uh, as always, we have the flow code uh, with all of our links. Follow us on Spotify. Uh, tell your friends about this. When I remember to post on Facebook, share it out. We appreciate every little bit of help you guys can do. We are doing this on our own. 
So any little tell girl a friend helps. To tell, a friend. tell a friend to tell a friend. So, but uh, yeah, I'm a Sharky Head, joined by Decca and Anzali Lasagna, and we will see you guys on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.